APU. American Public University is proud to present Innovations in the Workplace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Justin Goldston, and today we have as a guest Jack Wong, CEO of Learn Day. Today, we will be talking about the trends within the industry, how his organization is filling the gap within the industry, and this is going to make out to be a good conversation. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for having me, Justin. Thanks. So could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, my name's Jack. I'm the CEO of Learn Day. The mission of the company is really to build an online education platform for certified and regulated industries to really help fill that talent gap between what employers need today and what's traditionally been offered through post-secondary institutions and other sort of uh, legacy educational uh, programs. Excellent. Excellent. So given that there are a number of certified and regulated industries out there, do you have like a broad view of those industries which you address? Or are you more specialized on certain industries or practices? We've got a pretty broad view because we're really looking to provide an option for everybody. So it doesn't really matter what your kind of preferences or predilections might be. If a four-year degree isn't for you, we're here to help. So whether that's providing courses for finance, insurance, health, fitness, we're really trying to cover that spectrum regardless of kind of what your interests are to be able to provide you with that certification or that license from the government that will allow you to build a great career without necessarily having to invest all that time and money. Good. As a professor, I see that Within higher education, there are certain industries that move too fast. They're moving fast, I should say. For example, within the blockchain space, it would be very difficult for higher education institutions to keep up with the regulations, with the different laws. So, for example, in the U.S., Wyoming just passed a bill to recognize decentralized autonomous organizations as LLCs. That was mid-semester in the spring semester. So how are we going to be able to make that adjustment within higher education, back what we're discussing on peer-reviewed journal articles? And I think that that's where your organization can work with higher education institutions where, you know, on the surface, it may be like you're competing with higher education institutions. But from my standpoint, it's like there's a partnership What's your thoughts on that? What's your feedback on that? I think I would agree with that, Justin. I think it's more of a collaborative approach and it's, you know, it's not so much like, okay, we're trying to compete or we're trying to replace the kind of post-secondary institutions. What we're really looking to do is to supplement that. So whether that's somebody gets a degree and then goes on to get a certification with us or whether that's us being able to rapidly iterate and keep up with those changes in legislation or in those kinds of emerging industries where things just change all the time to be able to quickly integrate that new material and deliver it in partnership with those institutions to help them make their curriculum a little bit more robust, more relevant, and just more up to date with what employers need and what students want to learn. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So how did this idea come about? We'll see different associations, you know, such as the Project Management Institute or APEX within the supply chain or the Association of Supply Chain Management or SHRM within Human Resources, where we develop 
a curriculum within higher education to prepare students to sit for those certifications, right? And then they'll go and take those certifications. So where did this idea come about? For me personally, it started with a bit of a personal connection with the insurance industry. The insurance industry is one of those ones, and I think it's the same in all of finance where you have certificates and licenses and credentials. It was just a great way for people to build a career that they can really rely on and, and have a skill, a license, you know, something that really they can carry with them going forward without having to do the degree. You know, I mean, I did a four-year traditional degree in computer science and I ended up not using it, but it was helpful, right? The stuff I learned along the way was very helpful. And so the origin of the business really was around the regulated training for insurance and then just sort of branched out from there to sort of expand to other industries and continue the mission just beyond the insurance industry. Because, you know, it's not always the right fit for everybody. Yeah. You made an excellent point in that statement in that, you know, the computer science degree was very helpful. You did not go into that discipline. But some of those nuggets, if you will, in that program were very helpful. So that's one thing that I explained to a lot of students in that, I always talk about a systems thinking approach. And if you look at a, an entire MBA program, to be an effective and efficient leader, you have to take marketing, finance, supply chain, leadership, economics, and you have to blend all of that and look at an organization from a systems thinking perspective, look at an organization as a system, look at all of your business partners as a system, and look at all of those aspects to an MBA program and see how they are all interconnected, right? So are you thinking about trying to take certain things from a certification. So things, because you need insurance. See, even if you're a leader in an organization, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to know aspects of insurance. You need to know aspects of emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and blockchain. You may need to know certain aspects as healthcare in the healthcare industry, right? You may not be in the healthcare industry, but you need to understand certain aspects of the healthcare industry, right? So do you have things, or are you thinking of things like that where you're taking certain courses out of different programs to kind of give a broad view, you know, for like entrepreneurs or for VCs that are looking to get certain certifications? Yeah, we're looking to kind of make the material really bite-sized and digestible and to be able to take broad sort of lessons from maybe some more of the niche topics and how to apply those in other areas. Just to give you an example, my schooling in computer science, it wasn't directly applicable to what I'm doing here in business with education, but the concept or the idea when you're trying to develop a computer program, write an algorithm, you know, write code, the kind of thought process that you learn from taking an end goal, what you want this program or this piece of software to do, and then breaking it down into simple steps, which is essentially what programming is, a simple set of instructions that a computer can follow to do what you need it to do, right? So that way of thinking really helped when it came to designing curriculum or even when we were starting out creating marketing material for the website to be able to break things down in that way was very helpful. So it's just sort of an indirect skill that you learn that you can apply broadly. Excellent. I want to get into your curriculum and your curriculum design shortly, but at this point, we're going to take a short break and we'll get back with Jack Wong after this important message. 
At American Public University, we believe that everyone should have access to a great education. It's not a privilege reserved for the few. And we believe higher education must come with lower tuition. Because when more doors open, more lives change. American Public University. Within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. Hi, everyone, and we're back. So we've been speaking with Jack Wong, CEO of Learn Day, and we're going to pick back up on our discussion where we left off in terms of the curriculum for the Learn Day organization. So, Jack, could you tell us a little bit about how you went about designing the curriculum and what the curriculum actually looks like? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as what the curriculum looks like, it varies depending on the program. I'm a little bit more intimately familiar with the insurance and the finance programs. So maybe I would speak around that. But the whole concept of the curriculum design is obviously the regulators have different learning outcomes and goals and things that they assess using the exam. So we really design around those goals, as does everybody else. But what really sets us apart is the way we teach and the way we communicate those concepts. Going back to kind of what I was referring to with the kind of computer programming type of skills, what we really try to do is break it down into really basic steps. You know, we use plain language. We really try to avoid jargon wherever possible. There are obviously some industry terms and lingo that you do need to know in order to operate and to do your job properly. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you're dealing with a client using insurance as an example, they don't know what this jargon means, you know. To be able to communicate it to the client in a very simple language is really beneficial. And even for students, right, to be able to understand it and then start to add those layers of complexity on top. So that's really the approach is really building it from from the bottom up. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, And you make an excellent point in terms of jargon in that, you know, we have a lot of jargon within the blockchain space where I'm at, a lot of jargon within the supply chain space. I never forget one time this one student from India asked me the question of what does cushion mean when they're talking about inventory cushions? What does that mean? And I said, man, I said, we have jargon in our exams. I said, we have to look at that, you know, so that makes an excellent point. And that story leads me into the question of is your focus primarily in the U.S.? Are you looking to partner with institutions in other countries? What markets are you focused on right now? Or can you speak to that? I know it might be your strategy. Uh, (laughs) No, I, I can definitely share a bit about that. Primarily right now, our market is within Canada, but with the raise, and maybe we'll chat about that later, is to really fuel our expansion into the U.S. We also have partnerships in different countries, India, Mexico, and these other places that we're looking at to deliver the blockchain or the emerging technologies uh, certificates. Excellent. You mentioned raise. So could you tell me a little bit about that raise and what's going on there? Yeah. So we are doing a crowdfund on WeFunder for, I believe, a million dollars US to really kind of help us fuel what we're doing. You know, right now we're profitable. We could continue to expand on our own. But what we're really looking to do is to raise these funds so we can go into the U.S. very heavily and just really accelerate the rate of growth that we're currently experiencing. Excellent. So as I think about this in more and I look at the industry and as I look at the organizations in which I consult with in the future, in the roadmap, is there any kind of thoughts into how you could create 
more specialized program. So, for example, what I'm getting at is, yes, you have an insurance certification, but let's just say that you have this construction industry and they want specialized training for their employees for this certain certification. Like, do you offer specialized education for certain industries or organizations? Actually, yeah, we do. That material is incorporated as part of our continuing education package. So if you're, you know, an insurance professional, you're a finance professional, even healthcare, you have to get a certain number of professional development hours every year in order to maintain your license. And so we have a package of courses to help people with that. And some of them target different niches, right? Construction, directors and officers, blockchain, for example, specifically as it relates to insurance, right? And we're also looking to develop in partnership with post-secondary institutions a certification for certain niches, right? So you could be a certified construction insurance professional or managing general agent, that kind of thing. So that is something that is in the pipeline and actually have some very exciting uh, announcements for that probably coming up in the next couple quarters. Excellent. Excellent. You know, so this is something that I'm very passionate about, you know, and I think that this is one thing I often talk about where, you know, there is some room for improvement within higher education. And within higher education, yes, we have people that are doing some amazing things in terms of research to further the body of knowledge. But what I'm kind of approaching the conclusion of is that there needs to be more collaboration with organizations such as yourself as well as higher education institutions. That way we can kind of bridge that gap because one thing I've seen in the industry is that, yes, we prepare these students at the undergraduate, at the graduate and the doctoral level of the knowledge, but in some cases, those people aren't prepared to actually apply that knowledge. So it goes back to your slogan of, you know, you're preparing people for higher, higher education. So my question is, how are you looking to develop those collaborations? How are you looking to develop those partnerships with these higher education institutions? And how are you going back to on the surface? It looks like you're competing, right? But it's not. How do you demonstrate that to these higher education decision makers that this is a collaboration, this is a partnership, right? It's a win-win. You know, how do you communicate that? Yeah. So I think one of the challenges a lot of post-secondary institutions face, and Justin, maybe you've experienced this yourself, is sort of the approval process for creating a new curriculum or a new course. It is quite onerous process. Perhaps there's layers of approval that needs to be done. And especially if you're a maybe a smaller scale institution, you don't necessarily have those resources to invest in curriculum development, especially in industries that change very rapidly, like blockchain, like AI. You just don't necessarily have the resources to dedicate into the continual kind of R&D process involved in keeping those courses up to date and practical, like you said, right? A little bit more tactical, more applicable. You know, the principles are great. You need to know that. You need the foundation, of course. But then there's that gap between foundational knowledge and then actual practical application. And so for those institutions that aren't necessarily able to do that on their own, we have the capability to do that because that's 
all we do essentially, right, is create curriculum and market it. So we can create that for them and partner with them to deliver it. I guess you can almost think of it as they're outsourcing their curriculum development, right? So they outsource it to us. We make sure that it's good. It's always up to date because we have, that's all we do. All we do is R&D essentially for curriculum. That's what I would say is the main kind of benefit in terms of the partnership between us and the traditional kind of educational system. Okay. So you're more partnering with organizations to identify what the current gaps are within the workforce. So the majority of your partnerships are with organizations as opposed to higher education institutions? I would say most are with educational institutions, but we are looking at partnering with organizations and businesses as well. Excellent. So this was an excellent conversation. So Jack, where could people find more about you and where could people find more about your organization, about LearnDay? Yeah, you can go to our website, learnday.com. If you want to learn more about the raise, what we plan to do with the funds and all the kind of uh, exciting things we have in the roadmap, I think you can find us at wefunder.com slash learnday. Excellent. Thank you for that. Jack, do you have anything else you would like to share? Yeah, I mean, go to the WeFunder website, check out our raise, learn more about all the success we've had and um, what we plan to do for the future. And, you know, if you want to support us in revolutionizing education, check us out and um, look forward to your support. All right. Jack, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Justin. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening. In this episode, we had Jack Wong, the CEO of Learn Day, where we were talking about, you know, the current trends in the industry and the number of different industries and how his organization is looking to partner with other organizations as well as higher education institutions to address the current need with the evolving business landscape to better prepare employees, entrepreneurs, and leaders for this future business world. For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU, American Public University.